0: Welcome to Uplifting Women podcast. This podcast is sponsored by upliftingwomen.net, as well as Holly Teska Coaching and Consulting and Regent Leadership Group. Join our co-hosts, Holly Teska and Kristen Strunk, thought partners in the world of leadership, equality, and personal and professional development. Listen as they bring stories of inspirational women and their allies who are working every day for authentic leadership, equality, and inclusion in business, education, and community. These are the stories of the people whose mission it is to ensure others are seen, heard, and respected. They've overcome challenges in the workplace and the world or supported other women in doing so. Holly and Kristen are committed to uplifting women's voices, sharing inspiration, advice, and maybe even a few laughs from women and their allies about the work they are doing to promote inclusion and equality in our world. They believe that by sharing stories of challenge and triumph, we can all make the world a better place as we inspire others to step fully into their personal leadership space. We are so happy you have joined us today for our conversation.
1: Hello, and welcome to Uplifting Women podcast. I'm Kristen Strunk, and I'm here with my co-host, Holly Teska. And we are excited to welcome the entrepreneur coach, Bree Seely, who believes that entrepreneurship is the way to create unlimited wealth and for women to close the wage gap. Bree works with both established and emerging female entrepreneurs to create highly profitable businesses through consistent revenue creation. Whether you're ready to make your first dollar or your first million, her mission is to help more women create more wealth in their businesses because when we have access to equal economic opportunities, the world wins. She has won awards for Business Coach of the Year and Women of the Year from the Stevie Awards. Been on the TEDx stage delivering her revolutionary From Wages to Wealth talk, is at the top of Entrepreneur Coach on Google, and has been featured on Good Morning America, The Today Show, Forbes, Entrepreneur, Women's Health, and more. Today is our chance to focus directly on wealth building for women and the importance of women embracing their own powers of wealth creation. Brie, welcome. Thank you so much for being here. And I am so interested in learning more about your work and your
2: background, and I'd really like to hear your story. Well, first off, thank you both for having me. I feel very honored to be spending uh, an afternoon with both of you. Uh, so yeah, I so actually, my story begins with my great-grandmother, and I, I talk about this in my TED Talk, how my great-grandmother, in order to divorce her alcoholic bootlegger husband, had to put her children into foster care and she didn't, she wasn't actually allowed to regain custody of her children until after she had married her boss. And then I look at my grandmother who once she had her first child had the choice to either lose money going back to work with a child or lose her income completely and stay home with this child Uh, you know, I look at my mom, I had a very traumatic childhood, and she was a single mother raising a very headstrong young daughter. Uh, And, you know, she was coming up in the days when the wage gap was still quite large. Um, She had to work three jobs just to make ends meet for us. And, you know, then I, I start to look at My friends that are in the corporate space, like when I was starting to get into this corporate or, you know, getting out of grad school, all that stuff, and the challenges they were facing, making money and creating wealth for themselves. And I just, I looked at all of this stuff and I was like, I don't want any of that. And why a hundred years later are women still facing similar challenges as my great grandmother was facing in terms of wealth building and things like that. So, you know, I started my first business when I was 24 years old and I really kind of put a stake in the ground where I was like, I'm just unwilling to play the game of having to fight for equal pay. So I've been a full-time entrepreneur granted. Now I had a, a day job for the for many of the first years of my running a business. I've been a full-time entrepreneur since 2014. And the more and more I got into entrepreneurship and the more and more I started working with female entrepreneurs and understanding what their challenges are, what their struggles are. 88% of female entrepreneurs never surpassed the six-figure mark. I just really started to see, one, where we are in terms of the limitations, but two, what's available to us and what the opportunities are for us. So, you know, I've really kind of hung my hat on educating women about their ability to create wealth through entrepreneurship. And I think it's just such an important, it's just such an important topic, because we are so taught that in order to make money, it has to come from someone else. But in order for us to be paid by someone else, they're going to underpay us. They're going to undervalue us. They're going to overwork us. And we just have to put up with it because that's just how it is. And I'm here to say that may be how it was. That is not our future. Amen, sister. I love
1: that really connecting the generational stories into the conversation around wealth creation and not just higher income, and not just closing the wage gap. But I hear you talking about those things that are generational that can be passed down that can be built upon. And I'm, I'm curious, as you have gone into this world of entrepreneur coaching and leadership, what are some of the biggest challenges that hold women in that space of not earning above six figures?
2: The first one, oddly enough, is kind of one we we talked about before we hit record, and that's imposter syndrome. I see this so much in women. In fact, I think it's probably the top thing that women ask about in coaching sessions. I think the next thing is we tend to undercharge. We undervalue ourselves. And especially for a lot of women, if we have a skill and we're good at it and it comes easy to us. There's this underlying assumption that we shouldn't be paid for it. And not only that, we especially should not be paid well for it. And so a huge portion of my job is also encouraging women to actually charge what their peers are charging or what the marketplace can handle and reminding them and encouraging them and cheerleading them that they can actually make money in their business. Not only that, it's okay to make money in your business. I think those are the top two things. I mean, i probably rattle off a few more, but definitely imposter syndrome and undercharging are huge.
1: Yeah, and I think that it's so interesting that those two things are linked so closely together. And so much of that is built on the stories that we've been told about, to your point, if we're good at it, we should just give that away naturally. Right. You should just want to help other people. And it kind of goes back to something that we've talked on the podcast about before, about, you know, being a good girl or a good helper or, you know, being viewed in that particular way. And I'm curious, as you're coaching your your I would call them coachees, um, (laughs) what are the things that you are learning that kind of get them to that aha place, that place of where you can see the light bulb going off?
2: Some of it is modeling. And so it's, you know, showing them what's out there, what other women are doing, what's available to them, and just honestly breaking a lot of narratives. We talk a lot about you know, where did that story come from and why is that story truth to you? And is it actually truth or is it a false truth that you've latched on to And made, you know, a paradigm around and are just living out that thing over and over again. And then also just really asking great questions, you know, how does it, how does it feel in your body? What does your future, what would your future self do? That's one of my favorite ones. I love guiding women through this future self visualization, because there's a version of you who already has the things, already does the things. She already is the woman that has created the life that you dream of. And so we go and we talk to her and we ask her, how did you do it? What's your mindset? What, what are your habits? How do you show up in your business every day? Um, and there's something really magical that happens when we can see ourselves outside of ourselves. And that version of us has the confidence that we want to have. And that version of us has created the business that we want to have. And they've Done the things that we aspire to do, and they're just confidently standing there as if it's normal, because to that version of ourselves it is. There's this kind of a switch that happens where it's not quite as unattainable or unknown because you can see yourself being doing, having the vision that currently, right now, you just don't have the perspective to experience. You know, Bree, I'm
1: curious if there is a typical age group or an average age woman that you're working with now in this kind of work. Um, and the reason I asked that is I, I was on that journey. I feel as though I've come, I've overcome that those obstacles. I'm not afraid to ask for what I'm worth, but I really wish, I really wish women would get that message much earlier in life because that really hampers their ability to prepare for later life and being able to retire and be whole. You know, when I think about I I truly wish I would have come to that realization much earlier in my career than I did. So back to the question, is there a is there an age group that you see really?
2: First off, I totally echo that as well. I'm turning 40 in May and there's part of me that's like, man, why couldn't I have gotten this so much earlier? And I think, you know, there is, there are younger generations now that are getting this much, much sooner, which is fantastic. I would say I work with women anywhere's from around like 25 all the way up to, I mean, I've helped women that are in their fifties and sixties get businesses started So, you know, whether, again, whether it's like their first business or whether they're, you know, even in kind of their second act where they've retired and now they want to start a business, you know, I, I personally, I hear a lot from women like, oh, well, I'm too old to start a business or I'm, you know, and I'm like, you're never too old. Like there's so much available to us now that my mom said something to me about retirement a few years ago. And I was like, mom, I don't think I'm ever going to retire. Like if, if this is my life for the rest of it, my laptop is my office, you know, I can be running my business from anywhere. Why would I stop sharing the knowledge and wisdom that I've picked up? So I think that, that women are also starting to see, just see the world and life, in know, at a completely different way. And, you know, my, my kind of area is starting to see our roles as well in the workforce in a different light. And I think that's really it's really a great call out of being able
1: to have those conversations earlier and get younger folks to recognize that there is this opportunity and be able to be on the other end of that spectrum like you described and being able to help women who want to go do something different than they've done their entire lives because maybe they felt they couldn't leave their corporate job or they had to stay for a variety of reasons and what I'm what I really like about the approach is that it's all inclusive in terms of how we're looking at building wealth it 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 isn't just one or the other and i'm really interested in learning a little bit more about your particular story to get to the place that you are, and what you've done in terms of either leveraging some of those tools, or when you, you know, you mentioned you wish you had had this a little bit earlier. So, like, when was your epiphany? What were those things that
2: happened for you in your journey? Yeah, my epiphany came, did it, it came even after. I had closed my first business and started this business. So I was raised by an entrepreneur. My mom, she had a a corporate job for a long, long, long time. And then when my sister was born, uh, I was 10 when my sister was born, then my mom dove into the entrepreneurial world. And I watched her struggle a lot with entrepreneurship. And she even said to me at one point, it's so interesting the things we remember. I remember her specifically saying to me, as an entrepreneur, you'll never take home a paycheck a day in your life. And at that time, I was like, well, I don't want to be an entrepreneur anyway, so it doesn't matter. I don't care. Like, I'm getting a day job. I don't I don't want to deal with the stresses you deal with. That's not my life. Cool. And then I accidentally started a business. I left graduate school, got my full-time job, and literally accidentally started a business within, I don't know, three months of of having my full-time job and I struggled to make money in that business. And I had a day job the entire time I was running my fashion label the entire time. And a huge piece of it was because I was taught as an entrepreneur, you'll never take home a paycheck a day in your life. So my business was self-sustaining, but it didn't pay me. I didn't take home a legitimate paycheck. I started kind of giving myself like dividends here and there, but I didn't take home a legitimate paycheck in my business until 2020. Pro tip, if you have a pandemic and there's PPP loans and you're not paying yourself, you are not eligible for them. You do not qualify for them. 2020 hindsight. So I I really started seeing my wealth creation ability within it was like the first nine months of owning this business. So I'd already been an entrepreneur for eight, nine years at that point. And I was operating on this paradigm that like, I couldn't make enough money in my business to support myself. So, I mean, this is again, adding to like, why I'm so passionate about this is like, well, if we're running businesses, why are we doing it almost at like the detriment to ourselves? Why are we putting ourselves out there working so hard to service people and help people and support other people? And yet we're not able to do it for ourselves. So this business for me has been, I mean, the biggest personal development journey around who I am, what my values are, how I create wealth, what my power is, all of these things. And What's really interesting, so I've been in this business now since 2015. My entire business model is changing this year. And I will actually be the the head, the CEO of a for-profit business. And then I'll also be the founder of a nonprofit business. And what's really interesting is that I will pull salaries now from both businesses. My programming is actually going to operate underneath the nonprofit. And then the nonprofit will give me intellectual property compensation for running my programming. Like there's so many different ways to set up businesses that are so smart and effective that I also think like we're just not shown and taught these things or these options that we have available to us to have all of these multiple revenue streams within businesses. And And I I still don't know that
1: we ask, do we?
2: Well, it's hard to ask when you don't know right? Like, it's that, like, you don't know what you don't know. I didn't need, I didn't know that this was an option for me until a guy friend of mine sat me down and was like, did you know you can do this, 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 and this? And I was like, no, I did not know you could do that. And he's like, you need to change your entire business model. This is what it's going to look like and how it's going to operate. And you're gonna be able to do this and this and this and this and this. And I just was like, why don't, why don't they teach this stuff in school? (laughs) Like the Spanish classes I was forced to take absolutely zero use whatsoever. Do not use them on a daily basis. Financial management, cash flow, business structures, th- like I, I, what I could have done so much with this knowledge 20 years ago, you know? Amazing. And I think that that's a it's a
1: really good call out because not only do we have to ask for what we need or what we think we need to know, but at the same time we have to know what we need to ask about and I'm curious what you would tell our listeners who might be interested in starting their own business or who are maybe in the place that you found yourself with your first business where you had something that wasn't making any profit for you to be a part of. What are some of the things that you would tell them?
2: So the first thing, if if you're someone who is wanting to start a business and maybe you've known it for a while, I had a call with a woman last year who had wanted to start her business for 10 years. And I was like, oh, honey, do you know where you'd be today if you'd started 10 years ago? And she still didn't start it. She still hasn't started it. Like, give yourself permission to say yes. And now I will acknowledge there's a lot of fear that goes into starting a business because you have to become the creator of the unknown. And there's a lot of fear involved in that because there's a lot of different ways that the unknown can play out. And... Uh, I just read this great quote on the Mystic Mama Instagram, and it said, fear is the language for the true direction of the heart. And so if you're having fears about starting a business, it's probably because it's the exact thing that you're supposed to be doing. So if you're afraid and you want to do it anyways, set yourself up for success Get some knowledge on your side, get some wisdom on your side, get a mentor on your side who can really help you to navigate that unknown journey with a little more certainty. Now, if you're someone who's had a business for a while, and maybe either it's not going great or it's just not exciting you anymore, or maybe you need to change your business structure or shut it down. I shut down my fashion business, I walked away from it. Eight years of business, I walked away in 72 hours. Sometimes we need that, but sometimes we just need to reevaluate what our operating paradigm is. So if you're maybe you're operating from a place where you believe that you can't make money in your business. Well, if you keep holding on to that, no matter what business you have, you're never going to be able to make money in it. So um, for that, I would say just uh, some really good, deep questions around is this business aligned for me? Does it align with my values? Is this the vision that I truly have for my future? What do I want? What's stopping me? You know, like just asking, like have a really good, go take your your notebook, your journal into a park for like a day and just sit and journal it all out. I guarantee you the answers are there. Maybe you've just been too busy to ask the right questions. Give yourself permission to understand what's truly going on, why you're not making the money you want to make in your business and then take the aligned according action from there.
1: That's great. I think there's so much to be said from that self-reflection and that time to give ourselves. And the, your quote about fear is, I think, probably spot on in terms of determining where we uh, need to go next. So I'm curious, where can our listeners find you? This has been such a great conversation. I'd love for people to be able to connect with you
2: after the episode. My website is my name, BrieSeely.com. That has any and all of my offerings. Uh, It has more about my story. I'm also launching a women's conference. uh, So tickets are available on my website for that. And uh, my TED Talk should be out by the time this is launched. So that will also be on my website. If anyone wants to go uh, watch, it's called From Wages to Wealth. And it talks about very similar things that we've discussed here today and how to kind of step back from that wages paradigm and become the true creator of wealth in your
1: life. Thank you so much for being here. We will make sure all of that is in our show notes so that people can find you easily. It's been a real joy to have this conversation. Thank you for sharing your story and your wisdom with us.
2: Thank you both so much for having
1: me.
0: Thank you so much for listening in on this latest episode of Uplifting Women Podcast. Holly and Kristen appreciate your dedication to uplifting women and look forward to you joining them again soon. This podcast is sponsored by upliftingwomen.net, as well as Holly Teska Coaching and Consulting and Regent Leadership Group. Please visit your favorite platform where you found this podcast to leave a review. If you are an uplifting woman or a man who champions women's success with a story to share, Kristen and Holly would love to talk to you. Please visit upliftingwomen.net and leave us a message.